Well, I have two stories about listening. Uh, the first is of an older man who had a hearing problem that he had for many years. So he goes to the doctor, and the doctor has him fitted for the hottest new hearing aid available. And it allowed the man to hear 100% of what was said. It was really remarkable. So the old man goes back in a month to the doctor, and the doctor says, your hearing's perfect. Your family must be elated by the fact that your hearing has improved this much. The man replied, I haven't told my family yet. I just sit around and listen to their conversations, and I've changed my will three times. The second is a concerned husband goes to his doctor to talk about his wife. And he says, Doctor, I think my wife's deaf because she never hears me the first time and always asks me to repeat things. Well, the doctor replied, go home tonight and stand about 15 feet from her and say something to her. And if she doesn't hear you, go 10 feet. And if she doesn't hear you, go 5 feet. Man says, okay, I can do that. I'll try that. And so first opportunity he gets, he says, uh, his wife's in the kitchen chopping vegetables. He's 15 feet away, and he says, honey, what's for dinner tonight? No response. So he moves 10, ten feet. Hey, honey, what's for dinner tonight? No answer. Five feet. Hey, honey, what's for dinner tonight? No answer. So finally, in frustration, he gets right up next to her ear, and he says, Honey, what's for dinner tonight? She says, I've told you three times. It's vegetable stew. <laughs> and I, I think that those are just kind of wonderful and humorous ways to introduce the idea of hearing uh, to what we're going to be talking about today. I think we'd all agree that hearing improves the quality of life, doesn't it? It, uh, it makes you able to participate in things that are going on around you, to hear a symphony, to hear a conversation, and, and that sort of thing. So hearing is important. Hearing makes us safe. Uh, when you're in your car, you can hear a siren coming. Or if you're out walking, you can hear somebody that's uh, approaching you. But sometimes the loss of hearing is a choice. Sometimes it's because of something physical. The cilia in our inner ear has started to break down and we don't hear as acutely as we used to. But sometimes it's because of atrophy. Uh, I used to know a guy in high school that had uh, an atrophied right arm, right or left arm, and the reason it was atrophied is because it was painful to do the, he had broken it or injured it in some way, and he didn't want to do the physical therapy, and as a result, the, the muscles in his arm uh, receded. In Israel, there was a woman named Hannah who gave birth to a long-desired and awaited son. We've talked about Hannah before, but 
Uh, Hannah was a woman who agonized over the fact that she didn't have a child. Her husband's other wife had many children. It was a constant reminder of her infertility. And so she prays to God, and she prays to God, and finally gives birth to Samuel. And the word Samuel means heard of God. In other words, God heard my prayer. So Samuel is a living, moving model of what it means to be heard. A great reminder of of how important hearing is, how much we rely on it, how much we want it to occur in our lives. But sometimes lack of hearing is a choice. Like my friend who didn't use his hand, sometimes we can quit using our ears and not listen. Samuel was born in Israel during the time of the priesthood of Eli. Um, At this point, I don't think there was a prophet. It was just Eli standing in the place or in the place of God's mediator with, with the nation. Eli was a good man, but he had two really rowdy skunks of boys who were priests as well. And they served as priests in the uh, town of Shiloh. There was a a synagogue, not a synagogue, but a temple or a shrine in in, uh, Shiloh where worship was offered to God. Well, Samuel, uh, pardon me, uh, Hannah promises to God that if she will give him a son, she will dedicate that son 100% in service to God. And so, true to her word, at about age five, I think that's about the age they would have been weaned, she takes Samuel to Eli to live with Eli and to serve God. That was kind of the best place in the world that you could take anyone who was going to dedicate their life in that way. Well, Back to Eli. Um, As I said, his household was morally and spiritually bankrupt. And the book of Samuel says that the sons of Eli were scoundrels. Eli had been warned by God, your sons are not worth much, you need to do something about it. But Eli wasn't listening. These were the most prominent priests, but they were greedy and arrogant and selfish. Whenever people came to offer sacrifices to God, sons of Eli would take the sacrifices for themselves. They were caught laying with women at the entrance to the tent of meeting, to the shrine. You can imagine that. What a horror that was for the nation. Uh, Ordinary worshipers were angered by this, and that whole sanctuary was brought into disrepute. Nobody had any respect for it with that kind of stuff going on. You can imagine what that would be like. 
And the passage that we're taking this from is even more concerned to emphasize God's utter anger about this. How dare you let this go on? But Eli, I don't know, maybe it was, maybe it was vested interest. Maybe it was, these are my little boys and I can't do this. Uh, maybe he thinks things will just go on as usual. That maybe God will wink at this. Maybe God will turn his head. Maybe God won't do what he says he's going to do. Whatever the reasons, Eli allows his sons to continue. story begins with young Samuel hearing a voice. So, he's a young boy, and he's never heard this before. Now, as, as uh, Jared read to us this morning, uh, there had been no prophet there before, or in recent time. And Samuel hears this voice in the middle of the night. He's awakened from sleep. Samuel! Well, never having heard that, it seems kind of logical that he would think it's Eli calling him. So he staggers into Eli's bedroom. Did you call me? No, it wasn't me. 518 times the New Revised Standard has the word here in it, in the Bible. Uh, in Deuteronomy 4.28, it says... The gods neither see nor hear. What a difference with this God that sees little Samuel, that calls out to him, that says, in effect, I want to have a relationship with you. That's in Deuteronomy 4.28. In 4.36 it says, God lets Israel hear his voice from heaven. So not only is he a God who himself hears and sees, but he also bequeaths the ability to see, not really see literally, but hear him as he tries to communicate with them. And then in John 10, if you want a New Testament spin on it, Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. They hear my voice. Samuel heard God's voice. He didn't know who to attribute it to, but his life had not been hardened. He wasn't all crusted over with his own junk, his own vested interest, and he heard. He was... Totally open to that. What if we flip the switch off? Remember we began earlier saying that sometimes hearing is a choice. And sometimes it's a matter of flipping the switch off. Saying, I, I don't want to listen to God. So Adam quits having conversations with God in the, in the garden because of a choice that he made. Saul, the king, quit listening to God and was caught many times in his kingship doing things that God had told him not to do. Israel paid more attention to the Canaanites and their gods than to their own God. And Judas 
became an instrument for the people wanting to kill Jesus. Rather than listening to Jesus and listening to God and going that direction, Judas betrayed him. I think there's strong evidence that those who love God pay attention. Those who love God pay attention. Seems like a a no-brainer, doesn't it? It seems like a duh moment to say that if you love God, you're going to listen to him. But how many times do you hear uh, people who claim to be disciples of Jesus who really don't have their listening switch on? I, I know what the Bible says, but I'm going to do this. Well, that's a case of the listening switch is not on. You know, whenever I go my own way, rather than going like Eli did, rather than going the way God wants me to go, I'm not listening. This series is called Surprised by God. And this is the first sermon in this series. All of them will be from 1 Samuel. And I think there are two surprising things in this text. The first is that God deems it worthwhile to talk to us. Isn't that incredible? That the one that created us says, I want a relationship with you. And he has, throughout history, gone about the process of reestablishing the relationship that humankind had with him in the beginning. That's what he wants. The second surprising thing is what God said to Samuel. God says, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears it tingle. I'm about to do something in Israel that's going to make the ears of both ears of the people who hear it tingle. I think that's God's way of saying that he was going to disrupt the need and orderly world of Israel. I think it was his way of saying, I'm going to turn Eli's household on its head. So first of all, when I say the ark or the ark of the covenant, I'm not talking about the boat that Noah built. The ark of the covenant was this little piece of furniture that Israel carried around. They couldn't touch it. It was holy. Inside this little piece of furniture were were three things in the early days. The Ten Commandments, the copy that Moses brought down from the mountain, Aaron's rod that budded, which was part of the miraculous things that God did in Israel uh, before they became a nation, and a pot of manna, the bread that came down from heaven to feed the Israelites. Three things. And the ark was symbolic of the presence of God. That's why it was so important, because they associated that piece of furniture with God being with them. Remember, God says, I'm going to make your ears tingle. And they started tingling when their enemies, the Philistines, came in and stole the ark of the covenant and put it in the temple of Dagon, their own God. Not what you want to hear, is it? 
sort of like stealing the plans for the hottest new jet that your army has in its arsenal. Or, uh, or like uh, stealing the uh, Bill of Rights or the Declaration of Independence or something along those lines. Made their ears tingle. Not only that, Eli's two boys get killed in battle. And then... When Eli hears this, Eli's a big fat man. The text says that he falls over and breaks his neck and dies when he hears about his boys and about the ark. Well, if there had been a, a Shiloh Herald or a Jerusalem Herald, I'll guarantee you, headlines would have been. Ark of the Lord stolen by the Philistines in the last battle. The next day, Eli's two boys die in a battle with the Philistines. Third day, Eli, our priest, our high priest, the one that offers worship for us, falls over dead. Makes the ears tingle. Our chief aim is to listen. And when we cease to do that, we're cut off from God and we're not any longer part of what God is doing. Don't you think, uh, Eli, maybe before, obviously before he died, wished that he had listened to God a little more? Don't you think? I think he probably did. I think he probably thought, what an awful thing I've done to our nation by not listening. But you know, in, in the U.S. today, distraction is our big enemy. It's not so much the radio anymore, but radio, TV, Facebook, Netflix, noise, noise, noise. All kinds of distraction. And I think uh, where I'd like to leave this with you is our first sermon in this Surprised by God series. I want to remind you that God wants you to listen. He wants you to hear Him. And He wants that more than anything in the world. But the hard part of that is that I have to quit saying no, yes to me all the time. You know, I, I, I've got to quit saying, oh, I'm so tired, I know I ought to read my Bible and pray, but I think I'll just go ahead and get my shower or whatever it is I do. When I do that, I turn God off in my life. What I say is I don't have time to listen to you. I think this text proves to us how critically important that is. Let's pray. Dear Father, we want to hear you. Place, please, in a uh, place in us, 
the discipline that enables us to listen and hear. Please help us to destroy, distrust the voice of the culture, the noise of chaos, the loud sounds of consensus. May we hear only you. In Jesus' name, amen.